0: Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is, wherever you are tuning in. Thank you so much for joining me today uh, for this final series, or final episode rather, on this series of four talks uh, where I took a deep dive into the quality of joy, or mudita, as it's known in the Buddhist traditions. Uh, Now, if you haven't seen the other three episodes or sessions uh, on Facebook Live or Instagram, that's fine. Uh, these are standalone sessions, so you you, ha- you don't have to have seen those to receive benefit from today's offering. So no worries there. And so the real uh, reason that I, I am doing these Facebook Live sessions is to kind of uh, lead into uh, an eight week online uh, retreat, meditation retreat that I'm offering. Now, you don't have to have experience in meditation to get benefit from the retreat, so beginners are welcome. If you do have a meditation practice, that's great too. This will serve to deepen uh, your understanding and your contemplative practice that already exists there. So while I'm talking about this online retreat, I'll go ahead and, and Uh, give all the details uh, for that in case you're interested in signing up so uh, as I mentioned it's an eight-week program Uh, there are two sections Uh, there are both sections are launching on Sunday uh, June 27th at 6 p.m. Pacific Coast time uh, which is 8 a.m. on Monday June 28th in Thailand and so uh, adjust your clocks accordingly. It's, uh, it's gonna be June 28th uh, in Australia, New Zealand, and in other, parts of area, uh, other parts of Asia as well. And we finish uh, eight weeks later on August 19th or 20th, again, depending on where you are in the world. Now, I mentioned there are two sections. And so one is really designed to cater to uh, uh, North America, South America, uh, so it's evenings there, uh, mornings here in Asia. And then there's a second section that's around 3 p.m. here in Thailand, which is really to cater to Europe and uh, the U.K. I believe in the U.K. that's 9 a.m. Uh, so trying to, to cater to as wide of an audience as possible. So if you're interested in taking a really deep dive into some of the uh teachings that I've been offering here over the past four weeks, please do sign up for this uh, eight-week retreat. It's going to be a really uh, fun and uh, detailed exploration into this boundless quality of the heart. I'm really looking forward to uh, offering it myself. So, For more details and information about registration and, and so forth, uh, please do go visit my website, www.suchsweet.com thunder.org that's again www.suchsweetthunder.org and you can go to the retreats and programs page there and that'll give you all of the the details or if you're ready to register or sign up now you can go ahead and message me through messenger or uh, or instagram and we'll get you registered no problem okay so all of that being said, I would like to start today's offering in my typical uh, manner uh, by offering just a, a quick guided meditation as kind of a way of setting the table uh, for today's talk. Now this meditation will be a meditation on joy. And if you like this meditation, it's, it's something that we'll, we will be exploring in great detail over that eight-week program. Uh, So the way this is offered is I'll guide us into the present moment using breath, body, perhaps some sound, and then we offer phrases of joy to our own heart. And with each phrase, we, we briefly visualize or imagine what our life might look and feel like if that phrase was completely reflective of our life circumstance. And we just feel into what happens when we do that. There might be some resistance, and just know that the resistance is normal. That's natural. If, that's, if you're feeling resistance to that phrase, totally fine. In fact, uh, a lot of the wisdom is found in recognizing that resistance. If you feel an opening, a warmth, when you offer the phrase of joy to your heart, that's great. Just stay with that warmth. Uh, and enjoy that so we'll just do that Uh, there are four phrases and we'll go through the phrases uh, once uh, maybe twice depending on how time is going and then we'll be finished with the practice now if you don't wish to meditate right now that's also fine don't feel obligated Uh, You can, you know, do whatever best supports you if you wish to just feel your breath or just relax, lie down, go get a glass of water, whatever best supports you in this present moment. I'm inviting you to do just that. Okay, but if you are going to meditate with us, enjoy. And so the invitation is now just to arrive into this present moment. And you might arrive here by just noticing how the body feels right now. The feet against the carpet or floor, the weight of the body against the cushion or chair, You might notice sensations of clothing against the body. Just noticing the body itself and how it feels in this seated position or if you're lying down, how you feel in that lying down position. You might be standing up and that's fine too. Just exploring the feeling of the body. You might say, yes, this is what the present moment feels like right now. And just noticing that. And so now the invitation is to take a nice long deep breath and allowing the out-breath to be just slightly slower or longer than the in-breath. That slower elongated out-breath tends to bring a sense of calm, of relaxation to the heart, to the body, to the mind. And on the next breath, just allowing the breathing process to return to its uncontrolled breathing, just resting with the breath. And while we're here feeling the breath, you might notice the rising and falling of the abdomen as you inhale and exhale. And in noticing the abdomen, you might notice if there's any tension or stress that's held in the abdomen. That's quite common for the human body to want to carry tension or stress there. And so if it feels comfortable to do so, just inviting any tension or stress that's held in the abdomen to soften, relax, and rest. you might also notice the ribcage expanding and contracting with each breath, the rising and falling of the shoulders as you inhale and exhale. You might also notice the back moving out as you breathe in and in as you breathe out. Perhaps noticing the temperature changing from cooler to warmer at the nostrils and the back of the throat. Or noticing any sensations arising as the air moves in and out of the body. You might say, yes, this is what the breath feels like right now. Resting, breathing, feeling. And while resting here with the breath, the invitation is to, again, notice the feet against the floor or carpet or mat. Or you might be wearing shoes or socks, just noticing whatever's arising there at the feet. And here we can invite the muscles in the feet to grow soft, relax, and rest. You might also notice sensations of clothing against the legs, inviting the muscles in the legs to unwind and rest. There might be the weight of the body against the cushion or chair, as was mentioned before. And so here, inviting the muscles underneath those sensations to unwind and relax. Or you might notice sensations of clothing against the back. Inviting the muscles in the back to relax unwind you might also notice the hands resting against the body or touching each other the arms resting against the body inviting the hands and arms to unwind and grow soft And perhaps noticing sensations of clothing against the shoulders, inviting the muscles in the shoulders to rest. You might also notice sensations arising from the back of the neck and the sides of the neck, inviting the muscles in the neck to unwind and relax. perhaps noticing any sensations arising throughout the cheeks of the face, letting any tension or stress that's held in the face go, and noticing any sensations arising from the top of the head, the very crown of the head. Resting, breathing. And while resting here with the experience of breath and body, the invitation is now to listen to the present moment and just noticing what sounds are there. You might notice. The most predominant sound in the field of awareness, or if you wish, you could listen to the entire aural field as if you were listening to the universe orchestrate a beautiful soundtrack to this present moment experience. Resting, breathing, listening, feeling. And so while resting here in this present moment experience, we'll begin offering ourself, our heart, these most precious phrases of joy. And with each phrase, we're invited to visualize or imagine what our life might look and feel like if each phrase was completely reflective of our own life circumstance. May I enjoy the activities of life itself. I enjoy things just as they are. experience the world taking joy in all that I do. To do whatever arises, and in the next few breaths, we'll move through the phrases again. If you're noticing a resistance to any one of the phrases or all of the phrases, just know that that's normal. And hold the resistance in awareness while continuing to offer joy to your own heart. May I enjoy the activities of life itself. May I enjoy things just as they are. experience the world taking joy in all that I do. to do whatever arises. Resting, breathing, feeling. And so here the invitation is to feel into any experience of joy or happiness which may have arisen during this practice. That might be a warmth or an opening or a softening. And for now, if there was a resistance there just allow that to move into the background of awareness and focusing on any experience of joy and allowing yourself to go into that experience of joy into the visceral felt sense, submerging yourself into the joy, as if you were entering into a warm tub of water, a swimming pool or the ocean. And so for the next few breaths, just allowing yourself to really drench your body, your mind, your heart in the experience of joy. Be as self-indulgent as you want to be or as you can be, recognizing that the longer we can stay in the felt sense of joy, the more the neurons in our brain start to fire and wire together, creating future potentiality for joy. And so in the next breath or two, we'll begin to shift away from this meditation practice and back into our conversational space. And I'll cue that by ringing the bell three times. So thank you for joining me in that guided meditation, that brief guided meditation, that exploration of joy for ourself. And now if you're watching this back on video and you wish to stay in that a little bit longer, that's fine to do so. Just press pause now on the recording and marinate in the experience of joy as long as you wish. But for those of us who are here live, we're gonna continue on with uh, the talk that I've sort of pre- pre- uh, sort of prepared. <laughs> I say sort of prepared because I often prepare a talk and then I, I just kind of improvise and it ends up being something much different uh, than I had thought, so I'm always open to that. I follow the inspiration as it comes. So I just wanna read a, a short passage from the Buddha about these practices of joy joy again is is one of the uh, brahma viharas or the four immeasurable minds and those are uh, compassion loving kindness joy and equanimity Uh, and this comes from the Buddhist tradition and so the Buddha obviously considered joy to be uh, an integral part of the path of the journey to our awakening uh, otherwise, it wouldn't have been included. It would have been something else, like striving or whatever. <laughs> but not, you know. And I mention that because oftentimes people question well, why are we practicing joy? It feels rather self indulgent. Uh, but it, no, it, it is definitely a very important and integral uh, practice uh, that's being used to help facilitate our waking up to our life, to the present moment. And so here the Buddha says, a disciple lets her mind pervade one quarter of the world with thoughts of unselfish joy. That's one quarter of the world. And so the second quarter of the world. And so the third. And so the fourth. And thus the whole wide world, above, below, around, everywhere, and equally, she continues to pervade with a heart of unselfish joy, abundant grown great measureless without hostility or ill will beautiful so that's the task at hand and i know it is you know aiming high and i've mentioned this before in previous talks but you know all of the teachings are are designed to inspire us they're designed so that that arrow shoots quite high And so we come to these practices uh, in that spirit of cultivating a type of awareness, a type of way of being in the world where we're leaning towards that high target. It's like a tree leaning towards the sun, right? Where the more we cultivate this experience of joy, the more we practice, uh, whether it's practices in our day-to-day experience or a formal practice, like the one we just did, we're we're practicing leaning our body, our mind, and our heart towards the sun of joy, of boundless joy. So today's offering is really uh, meant to be an offering on cultivating mudita, or boundless joy, for challenging people. And just like the name might imply, this is uh, the most challenging Uh, task of these practices how do we celebrate the success and happiness of those we don't like right that's that's really aiming high Uh, and so again I I just want to reiterate that we might aim high and we might have a lot of resistance to that type of practice and that's fine we're just leaning our nervous system into the sunlight of joy So if we feel 99% resistance and 1% joy in doing that practice, or even if we just don't feel any joy and we're just like going through the motions, it feels very mechanical, just know that that's normal. That's a normal process that all practitioners go through that from time to time. And even then, the nervous system is still leaning towards that joy. So that's beautiful, right? So I, I want to start here by just acknowledging that we're not using this practice of cultivating joy for challenging people, or really any contemplative practice, to condone transgressions, or to, go, to condone uh, the evils of the world. There are, you know, people in the world, you know, particularly politicians, uh, that, that inadvertently or overtly cause harm to others and they might not recognize that they're causing harm but they may take joy a type of happiness in their success what they call a success at the hands of the suffering of others we're not celebrating that type of behavior we're not rejoicing in that type of action and so what one might do if you if you if you do choose to work and practice with challenging people such as politicians I stay with that example who might uh, cause harm or suffering to a group of people Uh, we might start with compassion having compassion for those people for the politicians because they're blind they don't see the world they don't see the the they don't see the suffering that they're causing clearly they don't see the world in an accurate way and there's a lot of suffering that comes with that type of vision that type of clouded vision and so this is kind of digressing into the practices of compassion and so i won't go into that too much today i did a whole course on compassion a couple of months ago and so you might go revisit uh, those uh, videos. The, the Facebook Live videos are available uh, on YouTube and uh, on Instagram and Facebook. So if you want to explore compassion for challenging people, uh, that is usually a good way in to perhaps working with challenging people and uh, being able to extend them joy and loving kindness. We start there by bridging into the suffering of a challenging person. And the reason why that's considered an entry point is because we all suffer from time to time. We all know what it feels like to want the present moment to be different than what it is. And so when we feel into our common humanity, we might then be able to feel compassion for challenging people, who cause transgressions towards others, and then joy. That's a long path. And so I I really don't want to go into that too much today. But when I talk about cultivating joy for challenging people, I'm really here talking about the challenging people that just give us a little bit of discomfort. You know, there's just a little bit of agitation or irritation towards that person. Uh, or in particular, it really helps to work with people who we feel a sense of competitiveness towards. You know, a peer. Uh, maybe for example, I might uh, use uh, somebody who writes about uh, meditation or the Dharma, and they maybe they write a book uh, on the same topic that I'm just finishing a book on, and they become a bestseller, right? And then, and then so the idea is to try to cultivate a a joy for their success despite how i might feel uh, jealous or envious or a sense of striving against that situation the idea is to hold that resistance the jealousy the envy and continue to offer that joy like that so as i mentioned Arguably, the most challenging aspect of joy practice is this stage, so if this sounds like, whoa, I don't want to do that, <laughs> that's normal. Uh, and so the stages of joy, just like the other Brahma Viharas, we start by cultivating joy, a boundless quality of joy for ourselves uh, using the meditation that we opened today's talk with, and then there, there are several other practices, both informal and formal, that can be used to support that. And if you come on the eight-week retreat, we'll be doing all of those practices. So on the retreat, we'll spend four weeks cultivating joy for ourselves. And with that foundation, we move into cultivating a sense of uh, joy or of rejoicing in the success and and happiness of loved ones, and then people we don't know. And then we get to the people we don't like very much or the the people we might feel uh, competition with or striving against like uh, that offering joy for them and then to the entire world a boundless joy uh, that you really is designed to unite the entire world in this joy and this rejoicing. so one can kind of get a feel for what that might be like this rejoicing in our challenging person's success, by just like a quick visualization. If you wish, you can just follow along now with me. I'll just kind of briefly walk us through what this might feel like. So you might visualize uh, yourself in a room with this person you feel this competitiveness towards. Let's use competitiveness, this challenge, this agitation towards this person. And so just, you know, sensing their presence, you're in a room together, perhaps they're seated in one side of the room and you're seated on the other side of the room. And then in between you and your challenging person, there's a line of people congratulating this challenging person on their success, on their good fortune, and they're just showering them with accolades and praise. And then we feel what that feels like, you know, feeling that resistance that's there, that's very likely there. And at the same time, offering them congratulations, offering them rejoicing in their success, offering them accolades and so forth while holding that resistance. So I keep using that phrase, holding that resistance, right? So I just want to talk about that for a minute. So I often, f- you know, comprehend or feel or think about a resistance as a closed fist. And I, 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 I call that, I name that, the closed fist of resistance. And so when we hold that, we're holding it in the open hand of compassion, like that and so i say the open hand of compassion then we we look at the fist or if you wish you can look at the fist and just acknowledge that it's there and say thank you for being here thank you for keeping me safe i'm really glad you made it today thank you for showing up and being here and so extending this gratitude this appreciation for this very normal, natural human tendency to resist rejoicing and the people that we're competitive towards, or the people that we feel a sense of jealousy towards—it's totally normal. And in fact, there are scientists, evolutionary scientists, who claim that that tendency helped us evolve into the species that we are now. It helped us in our in our survival. Because if we didn't feel that, if we didn't feel that sense of competitiveness, uh, we might not have survived against the other tribes, the neighboring tribes. If they were competitive and we weren't, if we were always rejoicing in the neighboring tribes' catch and the hunt, yeah, they caught the lion, they caught the zebra, and we were left eating berries, uh, we probably wouldn't have survived, right? So we had to develop as a part of our evolution, we had to develop that sense of competitiveness, that sense of, you know, I deserve that and you shouldn't have it. It's normal to feel that, it's natural. It's a part of our nervous system. But that tendency has outlived its expiration date. We no longer need to be subjected to that tendency that's a part of our old reptilian brain stem and so recognizing and just like I said recognizing that that tendency is like sour milk it's it's outlived its expiration date and so as soon as we smell it or taste it say oh okay I don't need to do that anymore I can actually rejoice in this person's success knowing that we live in an abundant world, that we live in an abundant universe that provides, and that there's enough for all of us to go around. So that's one way of countering that tendency uh, as we hold that resistance. Now, your resistance might feel like something else. It might not be competitiveness, and that's fine. There are many ways that these, this resistance to, to another's happiness arises. Uh, it could be um, envy it could be some form of our own inner critic like oh i should be more like that or i should do that more and that again is separating us from our experience of their happiness and so joy this quality of abundant or boundless joy when we can hold the resistance and move into it we start to feel that it's actually quite natural and in that recognition it actually begins to dissolve that that resistance that boundary that we might be holding on to and just like the competitiveness or the envy that's hardwired into our nervous system so too is our quality of sympathetic joy the ability to celebrate another success and in just the same way this also helped us to survive because in this way we could celebrate our clans people right maybe the head of the clan went out on a hunt and caught a a delicious zebra (laughs) and so our tribe was able to feast and share and rejoice in that and so that tendency also is a part of our nervous system but that tendency hasn't outlived its expiration date and so that's the tendency we want to feed that's the tendency we want to encourage and nurture and grow because just like in the the caves people in the clan it helped unite us it helped us survive and so two, it helps unite us today, in the world today, and it helps us move through the world today in a much more beautiful and gracious and elegant way. And so we can kind of feel into the nature of this if we can just be in the present moment. And so just like when we open today's talk with this guided meditation, I invited us to feel the breath, to feel the body, to listen to the present moment. Breath, body, sound, those are present moment experiences and and really serve to anchor ourselves into the present moment. And so when we're really grounded in the present moment and we encounter Another person in happiness, when we encounter another person celebrating, our heart naturally begins to tremble to the frequency of joy. When we encounter another person's happiness and we're in the present moment, our heart vibrates that frequency of joy. And so you might think, well, why don't, I, why don't I experience that? That sounds lovely, right? It sounds beautiful. Why don't I feel that? And it's because we're, we're just not accustomed to moving in the present moment experience. And when we do feel that trembling of the heart, it feels so unfamiliar that we fall into a resistance to that. Again, that resistance could look like envy or jealousy or inner critic or avarice, where there's just not enough of that type of happiness to go around, so I need to cling to, my, to it for myself. Those are all common ways that we close down to the trembling of our heart, to that frequency of happiness, which is joy. And it's actually the same process as compassion. And so maybe this might be a little familiar to you. When we're in the present moment experience, when we're, we're feeling here, we're feeling comfortable, we're feeling present, and we have to encounter something painful, whether it's something that we're experiencing that's painful or we, we see another person who's encountering pain or suffering, our heart begins to tremble To the frequency of suffering of compassion and so compassion is born from that trembling of the heart and so very often then the heart again closes down into resistance and and so some of the typical ways one might resist that trembling of the heart to the frequency of compassion is anger or sadness or despair or longing so those are those are very typical ways one uh, resists or shuts down it can be fear so it's the same process and it's the same heart that trembles it just trembles at a at a slightly different frequency and so here we can see the the relationship to the brahma viharas right loving kindness well when the present moment awareness meets loving kindness we have joy compassion and when present moment awareness meets suffering we have compassion and what about equanimity well equanimity allows for that boundless quality when we see all people Whether they're challenging people or people we like or people we don't know we see them all as humans that we're united in our wanting happiness and wanting to be free from suffering and that's the quality of equanimity and I'm not going to take a deep dive into equanimity today because that's the next program (laughs) after this one so uh, this today's offering uh, wraps up this Facebook live offering on boundless joy Then, in two weeks or roughly I guess nine days from today is the opening of the online retreat into joy the eight-week program and then shortly after that I'll do a few more Facebook live sessions talking about equanimity and going into a an eight-week-long program on equanimity. So that's the map for the, for the year ahead, if, if you needed that. <laughs> so in our own formal practices of joy, we meditate to hold the resistance. And then in that holding, we get to know that resistance, feel that resistance and in that holding and that feeling we start to recognize how our heart trembles with the happiness of others whether it's the happiness of others we like or love or people we don't know or people we have challenges towards the heart doesn't know it, know that know the difference the heart knows that we are all human And so whether the heart, whether our present moment experience of our heart encounters a challenging person who's celebrating something, that heart begins to tremble in the frequency of joy. And so then there might be a great deal of resistance to that. And so that's a great opportunity to feel our resistance. And that's why working with challenging people is so productive and fruitful because it puts us right into contact with that resistance we work with people we love or like yeah that feels good and that's generally a little bit easier sometimes not but if it is easier it doesn't give us that that real you know head-to-head contact with that inner critic or that jealousy or that envy so the more we get to know that resistance more it softens the more it relaxes and we can move through our life much more easily with this experience of joy for ourselves, for others and for the world and so as a way of wrapping i just want to mention something here that i did i did talk or i did uh, in the advertisement for today's talk i said challenging uh times as well and arguably uh, the world right now is in quite a challenging time and I just want to acknowledge that Uh, there's a great deal of political strife and division not only in America but in almost every country worldwide Uh, there there's a great deal of uh, racial tension uh, in America and around the world Uh, there's a great deal of suffering and recovery uh, from this COVID crisis that's happening right now. And so I I want to address this because I I did get quite a bit of blowback uh, when I first offered or opened uh, the advertising on the Retreat onto Joy. Well, how could we be doing a Retreat into Joy when there's so much suffering in the world? And I I, I took a deeper dive into that topic A couple of sessions ago but you know I just want to talk about that a little bit as a way of closing here the the practices of joy give us a type of resilience a type of stability a type of ground so that we can more effectively hold the suffering so that we can more effectively open with compassion to the challenges of the world, to the challenges of ourselves, to the challenges of others. And so this is actually a very important time to be practicing these practices. This could very well be the medicine that we're seeking. And so I just want to offer here uh, a a poem, if I can find it, hang on a moment, Uh, on this topic. Uh, Let me see if I can find it. I might not be able to find it, but I thought I had it prepared. Sorry. No, that's not it. Well, I'm not going to get the poem today. Perhaps I'll just try one more. Uh, perhaps I I will post it on the uh, on the posting when I post the video here. Let me just look one more place. It is a beautiful ah. Here it is. Ah, I can rejoice in finding this poem. So this is by Jack Gilbert. If we deny our happiness and resist our satisfaction, we deny and trivialize their suffering deprivation. we must have the stubbornness to enjoy the pleasures within the furnace of the suffering of the world to make injustice the only measure of our attention is to praise the devil And so that concludes uh, today's offering and this four-week Facebook Live series. Again, if you didn't catch the other three, please do do go back and watch those at your own convenience. They're on YouTube and and Instagram. Uh, And feel free to sign up for the retreat. There are uh, spots available for both sections, although Section 1, the 9 a.m., 8 a.m. rather, here in Thailand, that one is filling up. uh, It's almost full. Uh, but the second section is, is quite roomy uh, still. So uh, if you feel like signing up or if you want to take a deeper dive into these very, very important and, uh, and timely practices of modita, of joy, uh, send me a message or visit my website, suchsweetthunder.org, and uh, check out all of the information there on the re- retreats and programs page. Thanks again for joining me. It's been a pleasure offering this series. uh, And thank you, thank you, thank you. Have a great weekend.